When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. everyone. I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps. And this evening with me, I have Shane Jones from the Inquiries of Our Reality podcast. And I was actually on his show a couple weeks ago now, and that was a super fun conversation. So I'm super excited to have him on my show for him to share his story. And yeah, so thank you for being here, Shane. I'm super excited to talk to you. Thanks for uh, having me on and thanks for inviting me to come on too. I don't know which one will end up coming out first, either this episode or our episode on my show, because I got a little bit of a bank. But either way, if you listen to one, go check out the other one. <laughs> 100%. Yes. And all the links will be in the show notes. So you can click those later if you need to. And you definitely should. Definitely. And bo- give both of us a review or a rating because it's always appreciated. Or tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Yes. Yes. It's one thing I need to get better at is if you like the show, please rate, please review, please share, um, and, you know, go listen to Shane's show and please do the same for him. Um, those five stars, it sounds super cliche, but that, you know, helps that lovely algorithm that we all like to argue with and fight with. And so it also makes us feel better about what we're doing just to get some other people's feedbacks, whether it's positive or negative, hopefully positive. Um, so it's just nice to get feedback and know that there is people out there listening and they appreciate what we're doing here. So yeah, and it's a great way to uh, connect in the, with your review, too. If you, there's an episode that you really liked or connected with, uh, put that in the comments, too, because what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy is a great thing for us to know and the types of guests that we should have on and the types of topics that we should cover. Exactly. It just helps both shows get better, whichever yes. show it is, any podcast you listen to, uh, yes. ours or anybody else's. It's always appreciated to leave a good review or rating. Or again, even if it's negative, it's always still nice to get just get the input. Yes. Constructive criticism. Exactly. As long as you're not trying to troll, because then we just kind of laugh at those. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then we'll like talk about that extensively and just make funny if you're trolling. But then at that point, I don't feel bad. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question that I ask everybody, if I remember, I forgot on one show is tell me two things that you love about yourself or two of the favorite things about yourself. Because sometimes when we talk about speed bumps, they can get a little dark, they can get a little down. So I want to start on a high vibing note. Uh, let's see. So like I was saying before we started the show, I uh, had to think about this one for a little while, as I'm sure anybody does, because it's always kind of weird complimenting yourself. Like, I don't know, you're, you're your own biggest critic. And that's for sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. But I guess uh, two things that I would say that I do like about myself for sure, is that um, I'm a very weird person. And I've <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, 
resented that growing up, but as I've come into it being an adult, like it's probably one of my favorite aspects about myself is the fact that, you know, I don't really fit in with any specific crowd or any type of person. I'm kind of just my own person with my own views on things. I love um, that. I mean, there's a bigger community of people that share similar views, but I don't know. I'm just kind of weird in my own sense. And everybody, I guess, is in this community is kind of weird in their own sense, though. <laughs> yeah, there's no box. There's no label. There's, you know, you may agree with 95% of something, but there's still that 5% that you don't agree with. So trying to put a label or a box just doesn't work. And I appreciate that. Yeah, let's say it's just one thing I, I always like like to tell people, too, is just uh, like, don't try to fit in with everybody. That was kind of like a push that I had through most of my life was trying to fit in. And I, when yeah. I learned to go directly the other way and be true to myself, that's when you can become, I feel, your most happiest. I agree. I agree 100%. And then uh, I guess number two, if I had to think of a second one, um, I guess would be my like drive when I'm passionate about something, I guess. Um, because when I'm one of those people that's a perfectionist, but when I have the urge to do something, uh, I'm going to do it. Um, kind of like I did with my podcast. Um, I got it together pretty, pretty quick and I did it all for the most part myself, just a couple of here and there questions to other people, but the actual coming together was all me. Um, and I mean, I've always done that through like my jobs and stuff like that too. But unfortunately, as far as like normal jobs go, they see somebody like that and they kind of keep them in the same spot because you can, they kind of see you as like the workhorse. Yep. Um, so they don't really want to advance you because then they're going to have to find two people to replace your spot. So it's like, it's gotten me into trouble, but I still say it's something that I like appreciate about myself is that if I'm going to do a job, I'm going to do it correctly. Yeah. Having that type of work ethic, it's definitely, in my opinion, trying to, it's better to work for yourself as opposed to trying to work for somebody else. Cause they're definitely going to exploit that and take advantage of it. When they realize that you're good at something, you're stuck with that job forever and they just pile on more jobs. I was going to say, that's something that I usually say pretty often too, um, is that if you're not doing your own dream, then you're furthering somebody else's dream. And you're not going to remember somebody else's dream because their dream isn't your dream. So you got to always make sure you have time and effort to put into your own dream. And when you're doing that, that drive isn't work anymore. It just becomes something you enjoy. Like a lot of us podcasters do. It's like, you know, we're not making money off of this really. Um, If anything, it's like very, very small amounts. So it's just like, it's work. That's for sure. But it's rewarding work. Um, it's almost like an artist putting something together or, you know, somebody does like videos, putting something together. It's like, it's all just a different form of art, I guess. Um, cause in a way it's like, we kind of use like speech as like an art and this is like our means to vent or say what needs to get said, or, you know, like make a soapbox for other people to say what needs to get said. Cause that's kind of like how I feel both of our shows work is that we kind of try to inspire other people by having the guests come on and speak their truths. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. It's definitely work. Like I'm, it's probably honestly more work than I originally anticipated when I jumped into this, but do you, like you said, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like that monotonous nine to five. It doesn't feel like a chore. It's something that I enjoy doing. I enjoy talking with people, you know, the late nights, the posts, the talking with people on Instagram and connecting. Um, it just, it, it's not a chore at all. And it's actually become, I want to say it's a hobby because it's more time than a hobby, but it, yeah, it, it's definitely work, but it's fun. So it, it becomes like part it. of you. That's, that's kind of what it is. Kind of like an artist too, that it's like, they spend hours and hours and hours on something, but it doesn't feel that way because they enjoy it because it's like part of them and they wouldn't know what to do otherwise. Like once you become a podcaster and you start getting to have awesome conversations with people you'd normally get, never get to talk to, it's like, you don't really lose the heart because you just, the conversations are so great. They're like, they're worth it. 
even if you know you have to do a bunch of extra work off on the side as far as like editing putting the projects together yeah. connecting with the guests like the conversations will always make it worth it yeah and what i love about it too is it for me at least it's not just i get to have this conversation with you it's i get to share this conversation with others too who then you know maybe they benefit from it and they share it with somebody um, so it's not just us having this conversation. I know there's been many times I'll be listening to an episode and I'll start talking in my car like I'm there having the conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, I sound a little crazy, but that's what I hope people get, at least out of my show, is that sense of conversation and just, you know, like they're sitting listening to two friends talking. You know, what's kind of funny is that you mentioned that. And when I listen to like Kyle, for example, since, you know, I do like a sideshow with him. Yep. Yep. It's like when I'm in the car, I have my headphones on and I'm listening to his show. I'll do the same thing. I'll like talk and be like, wait a second. <laughs> Cause it's <laughs> See, not like, no you know, just me. some random person. It's like, you know, somebody that I'm normally talking to. So it's almost like extra weird when you get to know somebody too. And then you like hear their show. Cause you just like, feel like you should be talking to them. <laughs> Yes. And you should also shout out the show that you do with Kyle. Kyle has the Big Dumb podcast and then you and Kyle have Big Dumb Inquiries. That's that's the title, right? Yep. Big Dumb Inquiries. We mashed up both of our names together. Yes. Okay. I want to make sure I got the mashup correct. But yeah, that's a fun show though. We just finished uh, doing an episode of that for anybody that hasn't went and checked it out. It's on his feed and my feed. So also shout out to Kyle Rainey for being one of the coolest dudes that I know. (laughs) Yes. he was. Yeah. He was episode six on this podcast, I think. I don't remember, but he was, he was on before you, like you said. Yep. Let's say I listened to that episode earlier today. Cause I always got to listen to my boy, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you had said you've kind of shared your story of why you started your podcast. Um, but you also wanted to share a little more in-depth backstory as to how you got here in the first place. You know, a lot of people, when they share how they started a podcast, it's like this two to maybe five minute story, but obviously everyone has these backstories and these lives and, you know, growing up as a kid and all of these things lead up to where we are now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I guess, starting from the very beginning, because it'd probably be the best way to tell any story, I guess. Usually, Um, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) uh, As I was kind of saying with the, like, the one thing I liked about myself and kind of coming into it is like the weirdness of myself, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I was, I'm going to talk more about my like real world experiences rather than like my spiritual experiences, but part of it, I guess, kind of plays in. Um, So when I was really young, I guess like my first memories would be, you know, you start remembering around you're around like three or four or so. So that was about the time that my parents got divorced. Um, But before that, uh, I just remember my parents weren't really like people that were intended to be together. So there's a lot of like fighting in the house between them, uh, even that I can remember as a kid. Um, And then when they got divorced when I was four, um, like they would always be the ones going back and forth, like talking bad about each other. Uh, so it was just like, I was always kind of stuck in that mix. Um, and when they got divorced too, I also kind of start, I had started having like dream traveling experiences, um, where I would like go to sleep and then I would like see myself sleeping when I was in the dream and I'd get sleep paralysis directly after like astral would, traveling. Yeah. Which kind of, I guess kind of added into like my weirdness and like the things that I got into. Um, so because I already had like that mindset, Uh, I was always that like kid that wasn't like the typical, well, I guess partly like a typical boy in a sense, but I I was always just into like more like fantasy type stuff. Like, um, I'd watch star Wars a lot as a kid. Um, I'd watch Alice in Wonderland a lot. Um, I'd watch the labyrinth, 
um dark crystal just anything that was kind of kind of like that and uh like my dad was kind of like wanted that son that like played sports did all this kind of stuff and i was just kind of into just stuff like that Uh, i loved reading about like ufos uh different like urban legends a bunch of different things so like as i'm growing up like my dad kind of tries to like push me towards sports but as he like pushes me towards sports he kind of does that like you're not good enough thing uh while it's going on so i pretty much gave up on almost all sports like within like the first couple days of me trying to do them um just because my dad would come and kind of promote that whole thing um so then going into like being like a teenager and stuff like that uh I kind of, I guess, rebelled even more, just more so not necessarily trying to rebel, but just kind of questioning a lot of things. Um, like my mom used to try to make me go to church and it was just like, not that I was trying to do anything rude, but I would just like ask questions and I'd get in like in trouble for asking questions when it wasn't even me trying to be rude. It was just me trying to understand things. And, uh, I'd always be the type of person that kind of had to like figure things out for myself so like my dad would give me a lot of advice and I would just do my own thing. And then he'd get mad at me for not listening to him. And I tell him that I just wanted to like experience things on my own yeah. and kind of like pave my own path rather than like going down the path that they both kind of wanted for me. What religion were you raised? What was your mom? If you don't mind me asking a uh, Christian. Okay. I was so, raised Catholic. So the questioning wasn't, uh, that was frowned upon there too. So I was just curious. Yeah, I, w- I would just remember being like really, really little and I'd just be like asking questions while we're at church and my mom would be like, shh, 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 stop, 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 stop. Like, no, like I'm just, I'm a kid. I'm trying to understand what, what the hell's going on here. Yeah, like, I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just sitting in this room and there's this guy that's just talking about this all-powerful being and I'm just like, hey, w- w- what was what, he talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't get this shit. But uh, so when I when I'm like a teenager and stuff like that, so... I don't know. I just kind of like always felt off. Like I didn't really belong. Um, And then I had like my dad kind of trying to push me to be like everybody else. Um, Like I would wear, like I got in trouble this one time and he made me wear like polo shirts and cut my hair short and just all that kind of stuff. And he would just talk about like, Oh, you look great, son. You look great, son. And I was just like, no, I, I don't feel great. Like, I hate this. Like, it's not me being myself. Um, so I definitely had a lot of like bouncing around, I guess, too, as like a teenager, like trying different styles out, doing different things, uh, just trying to get an overall feel of like everything. Cause again, I just like to figure stuff out for my own. Um, so just always being like the black sheep of the family, uh, the one that nobody wanted to listen to, uh, I just always kind of got like pushed off to the side. So then, um, fast forward to like my senior year after just having back and forth with my parents all the time, going back and forth between the houses, uh, my mom kicks me out of the house and well, like, like before I go too far and cause I guess it, it'll kind of continue on to the, to the further part. Actually, no, I'll just leave it so it can kind of fall into the further part of the story. Um, so I'm 18, I just graduate and pretty much my mom kicks me out of the house with a garbage bag full of clothes. And I was pretty much like left there and I've been out since then, um, but she pretty much ended up selling all of my stuff that I had in her house, uh, my classic like game systems, like anything that had like sentimental value to me um, because she was angry, whatever. Like my aunt on my mom's side told my cousins I was in prison and stuff like that when I wasn't talking to the family for that time because I was actually like homeless um, and I was like hanging out in 
like my friend would let me slide into his house sometimes. And I would like sleep on his floor on the side of his bed. Uh, other times I'd sleep on like park benches and stuff, uh, just kind of like wherever I can make it work. And then I ended up having this random friend that came along named, uh, Tom who ended up moving in with him at his house. And, uh, we, I lived there for a little while. Um, it was fine. I was still kind of talking to my mom at that point, not kind of fully realizing like what type of person she really was yet. I just kind of always like looked up to her cause she was my mom. Um, so then I, after that, uh, my dad realizes that I'm selling weed allegedly. Um, because you know, I, I was just trying to like find a way to make money cause I was pre- pretty damn broke at the time. So my dad trying to be Mr. Super dad, uh, swoops in pretty much. And is like, you're moving in with me. Starts like packing up all my shit. Um, so I go to his house. I'm at his house for probably about, I don't know, probably like two weeks. And he flips out. He, uh, we just get into like a big fight, I guess, without getting into too many crazy details about it. Um, and I ended up getting kicked out of his house then at that point. And that was actually when I'm talk was talking to my girl that I'm currently with. Uh, so I ended up moving in with her and, um, we, I live with her at her parents' house for a couple of years. Um, everything's, everything's smooth. Um, I ended up moving in with her sister and that's, when we ended up figuring out that she was, uh, pregnant with my, with my first daughter. Um, so during this whole time of everything going on, I'm still trying to kind of like figure out who I am, uh, what I'm intended to do, um, I always kind of had like a want to expand my thoughts, but I didn't quite know that at the time, I guess. So I used to like repress myself with a lot of like drugs as a teenager. Um, I used to drink a lot. Uh, mainly it was like, I don't want to say like drug drugs, but as a teenager, I just kind of do like whatever was available at the time. Cause I was just kind of trying to suppress myself. So, you know, I do like whippets and stuff like that. Um, smoke weed, get acid, like literally anything that I could, I could find or get high off of at that time I was doing. Cause I was also really depressed because of just being like an oddball and not really feeling like I fit in anywhere or making really close connections with a lot of people. Um, sorry, two quick questions. One, cause I literally don't know shit about drugs. What is a whippet? Uh, it's pretty much you take a hit of this compressed air and okay. my understanding of it is that it like pushes all the oxygen out of your brain and you just kind of feel like you're like on a happy gas for like 10 seconds, if that, and then it goes away. Huh. Okay. And then you said um, you were doing all these things to ex- expand your thoughts, but you wanted to repress them. So you mean like you wanted to do like more research into like conspiracies or esoteric things or spiritual things, or what do you mean by expanding your thoughts? Um, like I would start thinking about some like deep things, uh, kind of like I get into now with like my show. Um, but at that time I like, I guess was kind of like scared of my own thoughts. So I would like drink and do other things to kind of like repress myself to feel like I'm just kind of focusing on like what's happening right in front of me rather than like broadening my consciousness into like understanding something bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just kind of like a balance between that back and forth. Cause like I said, I was always kind of into like UFOs, all that kind of stuff. And then I'd start getting into these like deep thought loops and they would like scare me at the time. So I just would try to like push myself the other way from it where now I kind of like get into it and I don't really see it as sad anymore. Um, but yeah, I used to like drink a lot to be able to like repress and stuff. So I, I wasn't as bad for a little while. Um, like when I first met my girlfriend, I pretty much just smoke weed. I drink like here and there. Uh, once I figured out that my daughter was coming for whatever reason, uh, I kicked up my drinking into like high gear 
And it was like bad to the point where I would drink pretty much like all day at work. Um, I would come home and I would pretty much just like wait for my girlfriend to go to bed. And then I go up to the bar and then I drink all night. Um, and it would just like continue that cycle. And I would just, I was never really like a good drunk because I grew up, I guess this is kind of going into the other story. I grew up in a family on my mom's side, which she's included in it, where it's just like a heavy alcoholic family, but it's kind of like hidden in the fact that it's what you're used to seeing. So you don't really think of it that way until you get out of it. Um, so I kind of fell into those trends, not even realizing exactly what I was doing because just coming from like, you don't see it as a kid, but then you get to be older and you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with my grandparents? Like my grandpa used to give me beer all the time. He used to buy me like packs of cigarettes when I was like 13. Like I just quit smoking a couple of years ago, but it's solely because of him specifically that I ever even like picked up a cigarette. So, yeah, I mean, in my family, I was like 13, 14 and my family would be like, here, you want a shot of apple pucker? Because it was a fruity thing. It tasted good. And I'm like literally in middle school and they were, you know, we'd be, you know, making pierogies at Christmas or whatever. It's usually some type of holiday or family event and be like, here, have some apple pucker here, have a shot of this here, have a shot of this. And it was totally normal in my family be like, Mm -hmm. no, I don't want it. And then be like, well, why not? Don't you trust us? And I'm like, I just don't want it. Like, so. No, that was the same with my family too. They used to like get my cousins and I drunk and then they kind of just like laugh. Yeah. And when you're that's normalized, like you don't think anything of it. And then getting out of the situation, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. 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 I totally can relate to all of that. Coming for somebody now that like my drinking got worse, but like, I don't really, I don't drink at all now, but it's just like, you have to see the error of your family and not fall into the trends. But sometimes you have to get away from your family to realize like how toxic your family really is. And everybody has that like blood tie to family. But like, it doesn't mean anything because some people just outgrow their family because they're not trying to be in the same wavelength and trends as everybody in their family before them. Yeah. A lot of the, I feel like not everything, but things that we grew up with when we were kids, they're so normalized. So whether that's going to church or being offered alcohol and cigarettes when you, you know, you're in middle school or, um, hiking on Sundays or like whatever things you normally do as a kid, good or bad you don't realize how abnormal they can be until you leave that environment and you start telling it to other people. And they're like, no, no, we don't do that. That's not a normal thing. And you're like, oh, okay. Saying I used to smoke weed. That was like always my thing. And my whole family like demonized me for it and thought I was just like the worst piece of shit drug addict for like smoking weed. And then I like come into my girlfriend's family and they don't really drink, but they all smoke weed. So I was like, came into a family where it was like, it wasn't my family yet, but they ended up becoming more of my family than my own family. And that's kind of where they are now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like a total change up made me have like a totally different perspective on things. So I guess kind of hopping back into it. Um, so when I was going through my heavy drinking phase, it was like a regular thing that I would like disappear and my girlfriend would have to like find me. Um, and I uh, got so bad to the point one night where I got a bunch of pills, weirdly enough, off my mom, of all people. I have to add that part in there. Um, And I was drinking and I got so far gone that like, I don't remember any of it. Apparently, my buddy drove me home from the bar. Uh, I came home. I walked into my bathroom and I face planted the bathtub. So there's blood all over the bathtub, blood all over my face. And then my uh, girlfriend called like the paramedics because I wasn't like coherent like that because I was fucked up on pills and alcohol. 
And again, also due to my mom. Um, and so they, like the paramedics went to like take me and I apparently threw up on one of the paramedics, which is, I don't even remember this happening. The only thing I remember from that night was being at the bar and waking up in the hospital and like pulling the IV out of my arm every time I'd wake up. Cause I didn't know what the hell was happening. And I was just like, woke up in a hospital. So after that, I mean, I put my girlfriend through a lot of shit and that was like her, like, fuck you. I'm done kind of moment. So that was when I kind of felt like I needed to flip around and change up my life. So I, uh, stopped drinking. Um, I kind of started doing some more research into like spiritual type concepts. Um, and I was doing some research into like psychedelics, um, in the use of like redirecting pathways in your brain to kind of help you like get over past trauma. So I went through, um, I guess you could say like a heavy acid phase, not like super heavy, I guess, but I, I would drop like every weekend. Um, but I wasn't doing it for any type of party reason. I always like to add that part in there. Um, when I would do it, I would pretty much sit by myself and I would wait till my girlfriend went to bed. Um, I would take it and I just kind of sit by myself and my own thoughts and just kind of sort through my own shit. Um, so after that, I kind of had like my hippie phase and kind of like came out on top, I guess you could say in the sense of like, I just had like a refound connection with who I was and my like spirituality. And I stopped trying to repress those thoughts that I had as a teenager, because I realized that like my brain is capable of thinking of some out there concepts and I should embrace it rather than try to just deny it in order to fit in with everybody. Cause I've never really been that person. Um, so when I started coming out of that, um, and I was doing my psychedelic phase, I didn't drink at all. Um, I still realistically don't drink. Like if one of my friends is like, here, try this beer or something like that. Like that's about the extent of it, uh, which is very rare in between. Cause I'm just not really a fan of it anymore. Just after the past experiences with it. Um, but so I, I got myself clean. Um, you know, as far as like from alcohol, cause I don't really see like psychedelics as bad drugs, but you know, some people probably call me out as clean cause I was also doing psychedelics. But, um, when I like rebuilt myself and kind of figured out who I wanted to be and what I wanted to come into, I, uh, started seeing all the things and all the trends that I fell into. And I realized that they were because of my mother's side of the family. Um, like I was talking about earlier with smoking cigarettes because of my grandpa, uh, regular drinking because of everybody in the family. That was just the regular holidays. Everybody would just get annihilated, fucked up. Uh, they'd be giving beer to all the kids. Like I used to just spend the night at my grandparents' house so that me and my grandpa could sit in his garage and I'd drink beer until I couldn't fucking stand up, which is awful. But it was so normalized that I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was like a cool experience that I was getting to have with my grandpa at the time, not realizing that he was never the figure that I made him out to be in my head growing up. So, uh, I uh, had one particular night. Um, I guess this was, I'll have to jump back a little bit into the story because there was like two periods where I stopped talking to my mom. Um, the first one was the couple of days before my daughter was born. Uh, my mom likes to drink and just disappear and get so gone that she can't even stand up. So her uh, boyfriend calls me and pretty much says like, hey, come find your mom. So I'm like, what do you mean? I'm building a bassinet because I have a baby coming in a couple of days. He's like, you need to come find your mom, blah, blah, blah. It's your responsibility. So I hang up on him. Uh, my grandparents call me. They call, start calling me a piece of shit because I won't go and find my mom. Um, so then I'm going out and doing it, even though I know I shouldn't have. Um, I end up finding her. And when I find her, I call her boyfriend and I say, this is where she is. Uh, come pick her up. And he gets there and she's like, oh, I'm not going with him. And I'm like, I, I don't have time for this. Like, I need to go home. I got stuff going on. And, uh, my mom's boyfriend's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, she's your girlfriend. Go get her. 
And I remember him belly bumping me after that and trying to fight me. And uh, my girlfriend pretty much was telling me to like get back in the car because she's nine months pregnant. So I dipped out after that. And I didn't talk to my mom for until my daughter was probably about three. Um, trying to think about like where this exactly fits in with like the drinking part of it. So I guess that I started talking to my mom again. And this is when I was still drinking. So I was hanging out with my mom. Uh, we'd like kind of sneak off and drink and just do different dumb things like that. Uh, again, I don't know why I brought her into my life again after that. So I like, again, she gave me like the pills on the one night that I got so annihilated that I ended up at the hospital. So after I get clean, she's like, oh, I'm going to get clean. I'm going to do it. So I'm like, okay, like whatever. So um, she starts taking whatever that stuff's called. It's supposed to make you throw up when you drink alcohol um, to yeah. try to help people oh, get oh, over oh. it. A- Ant abuse. Yep. That's the stuff. So she uh, is taking that and then she just like stops one day and she's like, no, I, I don't want to do that because then I can't drink. And I'm like, well, that's defeating the purpose. The Boy. whole idea is that you don't drink. So um, the last time I was talking to her, she got so messed up that she couldn't stand up. She had to go to the hospital. Um, and then she was like trying to get me to like help her change. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to help you do that because you got fucked up and you can't stand up. It's not like you're, you know, in dire need of anything like that's your problem. And I'm not going to, you know, and it sounds rude, but I'm not going to like mentally traumatize myself seeing my mother naked over her being drunk. Like, sorry, but not going to happen. It's not like she had (laughs) surgery. It's not like she didn't. She chose to put herself in that position. She wasn't a victim of something. Exactly. So it's like, I'm not going to subject myself to that either. So after just going through all those different experiences with her and then, uh, the very last thing I was already kind of like thinking about not talking to her again. And then she, uh, well, when she was also seeing my daughter, one thing that kind of pissed me off that I didn't realize when I was a kid was that she used to drunk drive with me all the time. Cause I just see her like swerving all over the road and I thought it was normal cause I was a kid. So I told her one specific rule when I was talking to her is that if you see my daughter, you're never going to drive with her. So the one time I let her watch her, she takes her to a bunch of stores and didn't see anything wrong with it. And I'm like, no, dude, you're like, you're blind in one eye first to begin with. Second of all, like, I don't trust you to not drink. And if you kill my kid, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm sorry, but like, yeah. Um, so I decided to stop talking to her again after just realizing all of this awfulness that my family has kind of put me through my entire life. And they always kind of had that, like, this is the family, this is the family unit kind of like make you feel like you're wanted, but at the same time, they like shit on you and make you feel like you're the black sheep, at least me, because I wasn't normal i guess like all my other cousins kind of had my own methods of thinking different ways of being might overstep when i say this but it kind of sound it kind of sounds very cult like like if you follow and you obey and like that's what makes it like if you do what we want you to do you're okay if you don't listen or you step outside the bounds or you're the black sheep or you know whatever you're not loyal to us or the mafia or a gang or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it like you're out and then you're ostracized in every way, shape and form. Honestly, it's funny that you mentioned that because my dad used to say that my mom was, or my dad used to say that your mom was like a cult, a cult member and your grandparents are the cult leaders. So he always used to say, remember that the apple doesn't far, far from the fall far from the tree. Cause I started talking about these issues with my mom and how I still miss my grandparents. And then I started realizing all the things they did. Like again, the smoking thing. And after that, I was like, wow, they're just as toxic as my mom. The only reason my mom was like that is because she was raised by them. 
and they have that whole cult mentality to their whole family where it's like i want to know part of that shit <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's wild but uh so it like i still don't talk to my mom now she it's been like going on four years now i think like she messages me all the time sends me letters does a bunch of things but it's one of those things like i was kind of saying earlier in the show um i know it sounds kind of like mean to a lot of people um but you know blood doesn't make family and if you have toxic family like you're better off without them like some people just outgrow their family so i don't wish anything bad upon them um like i wish them the best possible happiest life they could possibly have but you know i want no part of it and i don't want them anywhere near me or my family and that's kind of where it's at with that um but kind of building up to like i was kind of saying it all kind of comes full circle um, the combination of all of those different things happening to me, um, kind of just, I don't want to say it made me like a cold person. Um, but I'm one of those people that when I open up to somebody and I trust that person, I'll tell them everything. Um, but to the rest of the world, I kind of come across as like a cold person that doesn't really say anything. Um, like up until I started my podcast, um, I had all these different thoughts, ideas, things I wanted to express, but I didn't have anybody to express them to. So I was just kind of like the quiet guy at work. Um, I didn't really talk to many people about a lot of the different things I was thinking about. Um, and that kind of just came to a point where I felt like I needed to do something with it to have like a means to vent, to have a means to say the things I need to say, because I feel like I live in a world where a lot of my ideas are suppressed because they don't fit the whole mainstream narrative of things. Um, so I ended up starting my podcast and that kind of built up to, I don't know, me kind of being able to have the confidence to say my story, to speak out about my story, to share my thoughts and ideas, and just kind of like, I guess, get myself out there. Um, because I'm a weird person and I know it. And I hope that other people would be able to resonate with the things I'm into, the stories I'm into, um, and hopefully just not feel so alone in the world. Like in my, I think my very first episode of my show, I say something along the lines of like, hey, I'm speaking to you, the quiet guy listening to headphones at work that's not talking to anybody. Like I've been there. And I still kind of go off that too, that, you know, if anybody can, if, if, you know, if I can do it, anybody can do it kind of a thing. Like I was a quiet, really awkward person. Like you listen to my very first podcast versus how I talk now. And uh, if you put your drive and want into it, uh, you'll be surprised where it takes you. And you just have to learn how to develop confidence in your speech and the things you say. And an awesome way to do that is like doing a podcast. Cause it's like, you have so many people listening to you, but at the same time though, you still kind of get your like loner feel because you're just kind of by yourself in a room with somebody else on a screen. So it's like, I don't know, it's like a barrier, but at the same time, the world gets to also hear the things that you need to say, but not in a, you know, you standing in front of a giant crowd and speaking to a hundred different people way. But I'm sure after, you know, podcasting, that would be a lot easier said than, you know, if you would have asked me six months ago before I started my show, you know, I, there would have been no way in hell but now that I've kind of like built up my confidence, thanks to all of my different life experiences uh, coming out on top of all of them and then starting my show um, again, I just like to promote the things that I've been through, hoping that it resonates with somebody and hopefully they can flip their life around or be inspired to, or just not feel so alone in the world. I love that. That's basically why I started speed bumps is because of that is to share the stories that people have. Um, Cause a lot of people, like you said, you know, before we started talking or before I started recording, um, we, people feel very alone and they feel like they're the only ones and they're not, but it can feel that way. So sharing- just because it may not always be local, I think 
because it's yeah. like just being able to connect to the internet makes a makes a vast difference. It does, and you know, just like anything, the internet is a double edged sword. Um, but if you use it for good, then you can get good from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't meet someone who looked like me until I was twenty one, and it was thanks to the internet that we connected. So the internet can be a great thing, or you can use it to, you know, waste your time and watch trash and fill your mind with trash or you can use it to learn things and connect with people and learn new skills and it's it's all about how you use it mm-hmm. yeah i've always said that too like you can i feel like you waste the day if you don't get to learn something new every day even if it's something small like if you're just watching seven second repetitive dance videos like if you're somebody that dances and you're learning new things it's totally different but if you're just like a normal person and you're watching thousands of people do the same repetitive dance it's like what are you what are you really doing you're just like wasting the precious time that you have because time is the most valuable resource and you can never get it back. So like take advantage of the time you do have because like everybody has theories on what happens on the other side, but it's like, nobody really knows for sure. So it's like, I just rather would play it safe and enjoy everything that I possibly can while I'm here and get as much as I can out of it. Cause you know, maybe that's the purpose of life in a sense is experience. That's what I always like to think and to try to just get as much as you can out of it and enjoy as much as you can from it. Absolutely. Yeah. You're never going to regret, you know, going out and experiencing something, whether that's going on a hike or spending time with your family or learning something new. Um, but if all you do is spend your day scrolling on TikTok, watching cat videos or whatever on your deathbed, you might regret doing that as opposed to actually connecting with people. And yes, while we are talking through a screen and it is the internet and there is that, you know, black mirror, whatever interface between us, um, we're still connecting in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, even off like the dance videos and stuff too, it's like, if you enjoy watching those videos and you like doing the dances, like do something with it, like become a creator, even if you don't go anywhere with it, like at least you're doing something and you're doing something you like. Yeah. Even if you, one person watches regularly or you inspire someone to go do it, like you don't need this big following, you don't, but I feel like that's the thing now is everyone wants to be, an Instagram influencer ever wants to be the biggest podcaster or it's taking that celebrity. Like I want to be famous to like this weird new place that, you know, the thing right now, like my stepdaughter, I want to go viral. I'm like, do you even understand what that means? And do you understand that it lasts? Like it's a very short period of time, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, they go viral and then th- there's a YouTube star and they can make all this money. And I'm like, you don't, that like that's not how this works but she sees these kids you know and they're so famous and they talk about this and they and I'm like you don't it's like winning the lottery it's like how many kids are in the world and how many do you actually know their name is like a youtube star yeah and i guarantee you that whether it's a kid youtube star or an adult instagram in- instagram influencer like i don't care who it is if they have more than like I don't know, let's say 200 followers. They're probably only know and talk to like maybe 50 of them. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't matter your follower count, whether it's 600, 6,000, 600,000, like you can only actually connect with a small group of people. So you could follow somebody and they might have no idea who you are, but you may feel like you know them because they share their life every day. It's just like most things though. You just got to have the right intention behind it. Like I feel like a lot of us in this podcast community, at least in our corner of the community, um, like we see it as we're trying to just get our truths out and say what we need to say. 
it's not about like any of us trying to necessarily get like famous. So again, people like, of course, don't cap yourself. Like that's one of my rules. I feel yeah, is yeah. that like if you think of like a limit, like that's what your limit's going to be. If you kind of just leave your limit open ended, then you know you can grow and see what it becomes. Um, but like with that said, like if you enjoy doing videos, enjoy doing videos and do the videos. Don't worry about getting famous from the videos because if it's meant to happen, it'll it's meant to happen. But do the enjoyable part without the intention of trying to just get famous because you know, if you have bad intentions where if your intention is just to get famous and it's not about putting your heart into what you're actually doing, like it's never going to happen like that because you're like manifesting it wrong, you know? Well, that, and I feel like if you do happen to get famous or something, it will be a one-off. It's not going to be a steady base. It's not something you can consist- you can sustain. It's not going to be something that you can build off of. It's going to be some viral fluke. And, but then you, you know, I, you see all these like one hit wonders and different song genres and they don't have anything beyond that. And I feel like it's really similar to that. If you don't have the right intention, you don't manifest correctly. Yeah. And it's about like having a back to what you're doing too. Cause like podcasting is a little bit different. I guess you kind of get like a, like a premise going and it kind of continues into a show. But if you're expecting to get vir- famous off of like one viral video, it's like a viral video. The only reason it gets famous is because people enjoy seeing that one specific video, but it doesn't mean that you're ever going to be able to make anything that's as good as that. And that's the other thing people don't think about is that if you drop this awesome video and it goes viral, people are going to expect something even better than that one. And if you can't compete with that first one that you did, like that's, that's the end of it. Like you gotta, you're losing the enjoyment out of it. You just got to do it because you like doing it. And if it happens, it happens. But if you're just doing it with that intention, like it's never going to be what you want it to be. And it's just, again, going to go back to being work. It's not going to be something you enjoy. It's not going to be like a hobby or become part of you, you know? Yes. Like there's some content creators where their video making is like part of them and they're doing it because they just enjoy it so much. And you can definitely like tell in people's work what their intentions were behind the work. I know. I, 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 uh, I am so tongue tied tonight. I apologize. <laughs> no worries. No, I a hundred percent agree. It, it's like those people that you see take a picture and you can tell the ones that are fake smiling versus the ones that are actually enjoying themselves, mm-hmm. you know, cause when someone actually smiles, you can see, you know, the crow feet or whatever we call them, you know, and you can just see everything. Whereas hang on, my dog is having a nightmare. Oh, for sure. Sorry. No worries. Actually, I'm going to light up an incense again before we start back up. Did you pause it for a second? Uh, I'll just cut it out. I didn't pause the recording. For sure. Sorry. I'm lighting up another incense. Yeah, no, no. I got rid of the problem where my cats used to like to pee and or not pee, but shit underneath my table. Um, the room doesn't smell like it anymore, but I got into the habit of lighting incense when I'm doing podcasts over here. Mm-hmm. And now I just do it. I mean, I always light incense anyways, because I'm a big fan of incense, but yeah. now it's just kind of become part of my like podcast routine where i kind of like have to have my little like area going and incense has become a heavy part of it i just like being able to just smell incense while i'm doing it it's like relaxing for me yeah i know it puts you in the right mode right mood right mindset all those things exactly it's like a part of the ritual i guess you could say you know yes i remember what we were talking about i hate when i do that too um crap what were we talking about I don't even know. I, I heard her having a nightmare and I like went into dogma mode and 
Don't you hate when you have like a blocker and then it's like you don't know where to pick up the conversation again where it's going to like make sense with where the last part of it ended? Well, that's what we're going to do. Sorry, guys. My dog had a nightmare and I don't remember what we were talking about. So we're just going to start a totally new conversation. Apologies for that abrupt ending because I don't know where we left off. And you to Shane. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to think about it. And then I got distracted because I was trying to load up my little incense because we were talking about how it's kind of like my my podcast ritual now that I just like having an incense burning while I'm doing the show. So <laughs> I got sidetracked also. So we both lost our train of thought. Listen, it ha- well, apparently we weren't meant to continue that to- topic of conversation and we're just going to shift and that's what's meant to be. And I just roll with it. Like I don't, I remember when I recorded my first episode and it was just me. And I probably recorded it like four times because I wanted everything to be absolutely perfect. And by like the third episode, I'm just like, whatever happens, happens. We're just going to roll with it. Like, I can't keep editing things like crazy because um, it's not real life. Like, I guess we kind of continued off what we were talking about because now that I you say that, now I remember we we're talking about people's intentions behind their their work rather than just trying to go viral. That's the what we're talking smiles, about. The fake smiles. Yep, that's that's where it was. was. Fake smiles. Yes. All it takes is a little bit more work and then we can figure out exactly where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Like the people who, you know, you can even see it in like kids too. Like the little kids, like they, for the school pictures, like say cheese. And they just like, they're, they're like, they, they cringe, but you can tell the people that uh, have that genuine smile and what I always get a kick out of. And maybe this is just, I don't know really morbid but when you look at some people's wedding pictures you can tell that they're not happy <laughs> mm-hmm. so you can tell a real smile because it's almost like part of a laugh yes because like i don't envision a smile without there being at least a little bit of a giggle attached to it because that's just kind of like a part of it where if i'm ever like like i don't know i'm always awkward taking pictures so when people do get pictures of me that aren't bad it's usually like when i'm not expecting it and nine out of ten times it's like when i'm like laughing or smirking about something and that's again when you always catch like the best smiles from people because if i ever try to like smile like i look horrifying like (laughs) it's one of those things you have to like catch me in between because i'm not a typical like smiler i kind of just like i don't know keep my guard up that's how i've kind of been most of my life i'm kind of getting it down now um as far as like at least podcasting and stuff but uh i don't know i've always had like had my guard up in that aspect too so i didn't smile that often (laughs) well and for me too part of it was I'm always uh, not always but I tend to be like deep in thought and so my mind's gonna be off you know left field and then you know even if it's at a family gathering or whatever it's like oh someone take a picture and we're gonna smile I have to like bring my mind back to where I'm at and depending upon the people around me like maybe I really don't like the people around me so you're not gonna get a genuine smile (laughs) That's usually how I like people. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm kind of the same way. It's kind of weird. It's like, I don't know what personality type you are. I've always been into that. uh, What's it called? The Myers-Briggs personality type thing. But like, at least my personality type, I think it's what's it called? F something. It's the advocate. It's supposed to be like, like one of the more rare personality types. But it's like you have this want and need to have like a deep connection with people. But at the same time, you like don't like people. And pretty much describes me as a podcaster is that like I don't want to talk to people like when I'm at work I'll like still kind of wear my headphones um like I avoid talking to a lot of people and then I get on these shows and it's just like boom I turn into like a social butterfly just for the show because I guess it's like I know 
that people have the same method of thinking as me. So that's again, why it's kind of freeing. Like, I feel like I can be my true self on my podcast and I'm not trying to like put up my, my mask to fit into the normal world, you know? Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. When I was working, you know, in pharma, I felt like I was two people because I had to like put on that mask literally and figuratively of, you know, yep, this is who I am. And inside I'm like, you know, listening to the podcast like this and just, or, you know, like my inquiries of our reality or those conspiracy ones are just metaphysical and spiritual. And it was not aligning with, you know, what I was doing. And it was just this, it's like, I was a, two different people. That's how I feel. Even now it's like, I go to work and I always loved growing cannabis. Um, that's what I do for like my day job. But, uh, we recently got, recently got bought out by like a super corporate company. So coming from somebody conspiracy minded, like, you know how well that's going for me. Like, I'm just overall like pissed off when I'm at work. Cause I feel like I can't say the things I need to say. And it's like, my, I'll talk to my girlfriend. I'll be like, this is what's going to happen. And then a couple of months later it happens. And everybody freaks out and everybody's like, Oh no, no. I'm like, dude, I've, I know enough about corporate America. I know how this is going to go down. Like I see the end game here and I know how it's going to roll. So it's like, I've gotten to a point where it's like, I still like my job because I like taking care of the plants themselves, but I don't like the company itself. So like my heart isn't really there anymore. So I'm definitely like two people where it's like, I'm my censored self at work. And then I'm like my normal self at home and on my podcast. And it's like, I feel like I spend like, hopefully nobody from Gage is listening. I know they don't listen to my show because I've talked shit about them a lot of times, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like I spend like half my day, like connecting with people for the show. Um, just talking to people in the community. And it's just like, I feel like I'm like playing this double life. Cause it's like at work, I don't want to say fucking shit to nobody. I walk around with like my headphones on. Um, and then as that's happening, I'm also listening to my podcast about conspiracies, spirituality, whatever the hell. And I'm messaging people. So it's like, I'm super social, but within that phone. And it's again, double-edged sword with technology. Cause it's like, if all these people were around me, I wouldn't be on the technology. I'd be right. talking to all these people face to face, but it sucks that like, we're so spread out that like, it's not doable for me. So it's like, I was never pro spending your life in like a virtual place, but it's like, it sucks that that's where all the people I make a connection with are is virtual. And every single time I talk to anybody that's also into this kind of stuff or a podcaster, um, I don't find very many from my state. I found one guy that started messaging me about my show and he wants to like hang out and stuff. And weirdly enough, I figured out he went to my high school and he's like a year under me. Um, oh, so great. hopefully that'll, that'll be cool. Um, make another conspiracy minded friend close by shout out to him. Um, I don't know if he wants me to say his name, so I guess I won't say his name, but he knows what I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, a, it's a mix back and forth with technology that you don't want to live in it, but like, it's kind of a necessity sometimes, especially the way the world's going, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, if I was still in Michigan, I could, I would come hang out with you. Um, unfortunately I'm not, I'm in Connecticut. So, <laughs> But yeah, it, I struggle because, you know, like you said, basically all the people that you want to talk to and all the people that you want to connect with are online and it's not, especially with podcasting, they're no longer these, uh, faceless accounts on Instagram that you don't really talk to. It's you're sending voice messages back and forth. You're you know, having zoom conversations, you're actually seeing them face to face. Um, whereas, you know, it's not like just that random messaging back and forth that you aren't 
it's, it's more personal this way, if that makes sense. Like, especially the disconnect. conversations we have too, they're so deep that you get really close to people really fast. Like you can have a two hour conversation and feel like you're like family with somebody afterwards, as far yeah. as like how these conversations go podcasting. Yeah. yeah. So Kyle, then- for example, he's getting, sorry, I don't mean to no, talk no, no. over you. Um, Kyle's getting married soon. And it's like, I'd consider him to be like, it sounds kind of sad because it's like over the internet, but I consider Kyle to be one of my best friends. And I like looked into how much it would be to get like plane tickets to like go down to where he's at. And it's like 800 round trip for like me and my girlfriend. So it's like, you know, don't, I'm not saying out loud, but I'm sure Kyle may or may not listen to this, but like kind of bums me out that I feel like, like, cause I, I don't have that money to do it. Like yeah. it bothers me that I can't go to somebody that I consider one of my very good friends, like weddings. So it's also the kind of like double-edged sword to making these far connections with people is that once you get really close with somebody, like you can't necessarily like be there for like life moments for them. You're just, again, stuck over a camera. It's weird. Cause it's almost like having these weird long distance relationships in a completely platonic way. And like, you're amazing friends with these people. You share your life story, but you've never actually met them in person. <laughs> But yet, like, I've talked to Kyle on, like, our show and stuff like that and just, like, randomly off to the side for probably, like, hours and hours and hours. And it's like, I probably talked to him more than I've talked to some people in my everyday life. But again, it's all over a screen. So it's kind of like a weird mixed feeling that as people, I don't think we, like, have the capacity to fully, like, comprehend and understand it yet because we're not far enough into the tech age to be able to, like, make such a close connection to somebody and not be able to like physically be with them. Like it's like a weird straining thing on like the human brain. Cause we're just like a very contact type species. Yeah. We're very, you know, touching, feeling, hugging, um, that six feet apart that they tried for so long to keep us from. It's we're definitely physically interacting beings and the internet is a fairly new advent. And if you look at all of human history and so, can, like I said, connecting this way is great, but seeing someone or meet, I want to say like meeting someone for the first time, because obviously, you know, people that you have these conversations with, like, you feel like, you know, and you feel like you have these life stories, but meeting them in person for the first time is a totally different experience. I'm going to be honest with you. If I ever get to meet any of my podcast friends in person, since none of them are close to my state, like no warning, I'm just going to bear hug them and pick them up. They're just going to be like, what the fuck? Like if I ever meet Kyle, it'd be like the first thing I do. If I ever meet literally any of my, any of my podcast buddies, you know, no, it's going to be a totally unwarranted hug. And they'll be like, all right, that was awkward. And I was like, yeah, but the good news is now that we had that awkward moment, our first interaction talking in person will be even less awkward. <laughs> you got to start off on a high point. <laughs> oh my God. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I talked to um, Janet from the deplorable nation a lot and it's just, it's super random and but it's one of those for me and her, it's like, I feel like I can just text her really random stuff and she gets it and there's no awkwardness and there's no, um, there's no judging. And I'm like, I I just want to meet her and hug her. (laughs) That's how I feel about it. Like, I don't know. Like, I keep saying Kyle, but I don't know. He's probably like, I always call him like my podcast brother. Cause I feel like out of anybody, as far as podcasting, he's probably like the main one I've made like a connection with, well, but yeah, uh, and you have a show with him. Yeah. We, we, like I, I text him some really weird shit sometimes. And like, it's just, I don't know. Like I couldn't text the shit that I text him to like other people just cause it's so like out there and weird that it's like, he's on my wavelength and he gets it. But like, again, going back to that, like this type of community, like other normal people 
don't get that method of thinking. Even just like, I don't know, I've always had like a struggle with like guy friends in a sense, because not in any like weird way, but I've just been one of those people that I feel like you should express how you feel about people to that person. So I've had a lot of like guy friends and it comes off weird that I'm just like, Hey bro, like I fucking appreciate you. Like, I'm glad that I met you just shit like that. And uh, it's like, I've lost a lot of friendships just because of just, I don't know, people being weirded out by shit like that. But again, it's just because of like, I guess my personality type and just different things. Like I just kind of crave to have that like deep connection with people rather than like a surface. Like I'd rather have one friend that I'm super close and deep with than like five friends that I'm shallow with. 100%. So that's kind of like, I don't know, just, just kind of how, how it plays out, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I hate small talk. It's really weird. I'm really, really bad at it. Uh, I don't have a ton of female friends myself just because I I can't do the normal things that girls talk about, like, you know, the purses and the celebrities. And like, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking a foreign language. Like, and so, and I was telling this to someone else. I was like, plus I measure uh, time in my tra- in traumas. So I don't do, oh yeah, I was in kindergarten when that happened. I do it by surgeries and traumas. So that just makes me ostracized and weird even more. So yeah, I, I get the whole people just, they're not on the same wavelength and the ones that are, are super far away and it's sad. Yeah. Like I listened to the episode that you had Kyle on earlier and he said something in the beginning about just like him giving himself to like everybody and like people shitting on him back. And it was kind of funny, just like, I don't know, I, like I couldn't do it with like my normal friends because again, that like causes just like weird issues because they take it the wrong way. But I like heard that and I messaged Kyle and I said something along the lines of like, hey, dog. Like, I appreciate you and I appreciate everything you do. And I'm glad I met you. And I said some other shit like, uh, you know, like I may be halfway across the country, but if you ever need me, like I got your back kind of a thing. And I was just like, like I couldn't send stuff like that to like my normal friends. But like, I don't know, he gets it because we're like on the same wavelength. And yeah. I don't know, it's just sometimes like being a guy, I feel like guys are just kind of expected to be like a certain way. And sometimes we just like, I don't know, I guess everybody's different, but you just like need reassurance. Like, just because you're two guy friends doesn't mean you can't say like, Hey bro, like we're, we're pretty much brothers. Like I love you like a brother, you know, like yeah. and guys just have this whole weird misconception of that. And especially with like the way the world is today with like, you know, everybody's open about like the gay community, but at the same time, everybody that's heterosexual doesn't want to be perceived as gay where it's not gay, but people take it that way. So people are uncomfortable by it because they misunderstand like male friendship affection versus like you know somebody trying to like you know i don't know take it take it into like a weird direction for lack of a better word for it but like a lot just a lot of people take it that way and it's not supposed to be that way like guys should just be able to just say like hey bro you're my best friend i fucking appreciate you and not have any kind of like weird tie to it you know yeah i remember like in high school all the guys like they would if they said something like that they'd always be like no homo no homo and i'm like why does that even need to happen at the end of it like i don't know if that was a thing when you're in high school but that was like constantly a thing and then i heard someone too talking about uh, on the fact of guy friendships you know there used to be um people you know you, you guys would go to a bar or you would go play sports, you go play golf, or you have these men clubs, or you'd have these, um, if you were religious, you had the men's, uh, like Bible studies, there was places for men to go, you go hunting to connect, to build those friendships. And now guys don't typically just pick up a friend and be like, let's go to target. Like that's very much a girl thing to do. 
And so there isn't like that equivalent with the guy. And yeah, there's not like a connection unless you're like, for example, like a drinker and I'm not really like a drinker. Yeah. And that's usually like most guys only excuse to really like go out and hang out with just guys as if you're like going to the bar or playing or bowling and like drinking while you're doing it or whatever the fuck, you know, like it's always kind of linked with that. Yeah. Like it's hard to just like have a guy friend and like, I don't know, like, especially like getting into like your older life and you have like a family and all that kind of stuff. Like, unless it's like a childhood friend, uh, a lot of those don't stick around, but if they do, they're like close knit tight friends and you'll like make time for each other. But other than that, like, I don't know, it's just like, like you were saying, it's a totally different thing with like guys, guys just won't be like, Hey bro, like let's run to the store or something like that. Like if anything, it's like, Hey bro, come over to my house and you know, let's like smoke a joint and like chill or something like that. But like, just like a totally different build up for guys. It's like a double, double standard where again, because of like the way the world is nowadays, it's just like guys take things the wrong way where, you know, if you're joking with a guy and you're, when you're friends or something like that, and you're like, Hey bro, let's go out and get some food. Like if it's, you're saying that to like the wrong friend, they'll be like, Oh, what are you trying to like go on a date? Like, I don't want to just be two guys sitting there eating together. Like, that's weird. You know, where it's like, duh, it's not really like that. We're just fucking bullshit. And we're just friends. Like, yeah. Like I'm just, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not into you. You're not into me. Who cares what everybody else perceives it as? Like, we're just friends sitting here talking and eating, you know, like, why does, why does everybody have to take it as like something weird, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. And I, I'm not a guy. So clearly I'm not an expert on this. I just, you know, I hear guys talk about it. And then there's a couple of, you know, Instagram accounts that I follow just to get a different perspective. And I, I don't envy being a guy. Like I, it, I feel like it's, it would be very hard to make connections with people because there's all these hoops and you have to jump through and these you have to use the right terms and you have to like speak the right way and like i i know even coming on like the reverse side too like guys don't get a lot of compliments um like even from like their girlfriends and stuff so shout out to all the girls that are listening if you have a boyfriend and you care a lot about him like go give him a compliment because guys don't get compliments like girls do like we get one compliment and we remember it the rest of our lives so like you don't realize how far just like a nice compliment goes like with a guy, um, you know, if it's your significant other, or even if it's just your friend, like if you have any close friends, you're just like, you know what, dude, you know what I appreciate about you is the fact that you can do this and I can't do it. Or I appreciate the fact that, you know, you, you and I became friends at the time we did like just little things like that, like goes farther with guys than what people realize. Because again, we don't, we don't get compliments very often because we're just kind of expected to stay tried and true and just do what we're supposed to do. Cause like, not that I have an issue with gender roles because I feel like they're definitely needed and they're definitely something needed within nature, but like, I don't see an issue with like tweaking the gender roles a little bit in the aspect of like guys never thought they needed any kind of like praise. And it's not that we need any kind of praise, but again, just compliments go a long way and kind of give us like the drive to keep moving. And a lot of guys don't get that. And I feel like that's why like the suicide rate in guys is a lot higher than girls, for example. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone just wants to know that they're appreciated. So whether it's, Hey, thanks for doing the dishes or, Hey, you know, I know that you worked really late tonight and I appreciate you or, you know, whatever that is, um, appreciation, like you said, for your significant other, for a friend, male, female, whatever, um, the compliments don't have to be sexual. They don't have to be anything like that. Just recognizing the hard work that someone puts in, or even if you just, they're listening to you rant and it's like, Hey, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks you for taking the time and holding that space. Like that means a lot to people. And I agree with that. 
So I feel like also going into like what we've been talking about, like society has been so over sexualized at this point that it's like also because of that, that makes it hard to make like connections with people because everybody takes things the wrong way. Even like a girl going to a guy, like a girl's just being friendly to a guy and a guy thinks that she's interested in him because of just everything being so like, Oh, she's trying to get me. Oh, I want her. Like it doesn't have to be like that. You know, like people can just make connections with other people and it be strictly platonic and people don't need to put any more thought into it past that because that's all it is. But everybody makes it out to be more than what it is, again, because everything's so like over-sexualized between people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, there's been a few times where I'm like, I've told my husband just because I've had issues in my past to be like, is it okay if I message this podcast and it'll be like a male? He's like, why would I care? And I'm like, well, like, I don't want you to think that like something weird's going on. And he's like, I, I, I don't, he's like, I trust you. And I'm like, Okay. Like, but I, and like, it's not, um, cause my ex-husband cheated on me. And so I'm very like aware of how things can be perceived, but to your point, everything has been so over-sexualized that even just having a conversation, um, to schedule a podcast could be for some people could be perceived as, uh, you know, me hitting on a, someone else or vice versa. And it's totally not, it's just, Hey, I just want to have a conversation with you. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I feel like, um, like, I guess I'm not on the other side of being a podcaster, so I don't know what that might be like for the other side, but like my, my girlfriend trusts me. So it's never been like an issue. Um, cause I'm out and open about everything. Like she hears me having these conversations, she knows it's nothing weird, but, uh, I don't know. Just some people are so like, it, it's usually due to past trauma, but some like, that's how, you know, you have a good relationship is if you're able to trust people and being open book about things. Because it's almost like if you try to hide it, it seems like you're doing something where if you're clearly just having a conversation like you are, like, you know, in the middle of your, like, your kind of like front room slash area, like it takes the secrecy out of it and shows that you have nothing to hide. So when people are like, when people don't have anything to hide, but they feel like they have something to hide, so they hide it, it comes off way worse than if they're just open and obvious about it because then they know the other person knows they have nothing to hide and that they're not trying to hide anything and they know exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's funny because there's people that like will hide stupid shit. Like, I don't know. They they like some random show and they think their friend or their significant other is going to tease them for it. And so then it turns into like this huge thing when really it's just, yeah, I like watching, I don't know, for some reason the show Degrassi is popping up in my head and I've never watched Degrassi, but it was like some sh- show on Nickelodeon when I was in high school. Um, but just like stupid shit that can just spiral because we don't communicate about it. And I feel like that like communication or the lack thereof is just the root of the problem of most of issues in society. I mean, even for like relationships and for friend relationships too, like the root of it just comes down to just be true to yourself and who you are. And if anybody has an issue with that, then they're not somebody that's intended to be around you. If it's your significant other, and they don't like who you are as a person, like maybe that's a sign you should take another look into that relationship. Or if you're around your group of friends and you can't be yourself, maybe you should take a double look at that group of friends and realize that maybe they're never really intended to be your friends. And that's kind of like where it falls into that. Like a lot of people stray away from being themselves in order to fit in with a certain group or click. And like, you never find true happiness doing that until you learn to be yourself. And then after that, your tribe will follow. Yeah. Trying to put yourself in a box because you think it's popular or you're going to get more views or people are going to like you or whatever the reason is you think you're going to 
make more money at work or like it's going to end up biting you in the ass because not being true to you just causes more stress. It causes more angst. And then I feel like you get to a point that you start lying. You feel like you're going to explode too. Yeah. And yeah. And you're lying and then you have to remember the lies and you have to remember what you pretend to like, but you don't really like and who you said that around. And that's just too much work for me. (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't even care about like what I'm into. Like my, my girlfriend and I are very, very different and like very different things, but she's okay with what I like. And I'm okay with what she likes. Like, you know, like I watch anime, you know, I do weird things. I research the things I do. I do a podcast, like kind of an oddball in that aspect, but like, you know, that's, she's kind of learned to appreciate me because I'm an oddball. So maybe people need to kind of take that into consideration too, is that, you know, instead of being somebody for your significant other that they want you to be, be yourself and maybe they'll appreciate it more once they realize who the true you is. I agree. I I have this saying and my husband's like, you can't say that, but it's, that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. And I don't mean that you can be a dick to somebody, but if you're being true to yourself and the other person just doesn't like you because they have an issue with it, like that's not your problem. If, you know, I'm not saying swear at someone, I'm not saying call them names, I'm not saying be an asshole, but if, you know, we'll take your anime example. If you're like, yeah, I like anime and someone's like, oh, that's stupid, blah, 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 and they go off, well, still watch anime because that's a them problem, not a you problem. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, like one thing I've noticed through life is people like the media that reflects them. So I kind of did some like self-searching and realized that the reason why I liked a lot of the things I like, including anime, is it all had that same concept of a hero character that came from something shitty or went through something shitty and ended up coming out on top and being somebody that everybody looked up to. So I guess the reason I watched a lot of the anime I did and like particularly like the shows that I watched and a lot of like the movies I watched, they all had that same common factor to them. So then I kind of started realizing that like you can learn a lot about somebody by the shows they watch because usually it's something that relates to their life and that's why they like that show. So another reason why you should never shit on something that somebody else likes is because it may just be a stupid cartoon to you, but like to them, like, you know, it may talk to them on a personal level. So you need to like take that in consideration that when you, say like oh that sucks that you know that person may take it personally and you might be like oh it's just a show but you don't realize like the attachments they might have to it or even to music for example yeah yeah i definitely uh i'm not a big tv watcher but music you know i'm i'm more the type of person that i listen to lyrics so if i send you a song it's because the lyrics speak to me and remind me of something with you i know for the most part with my husband it's more of he's very it's the tune for him so I'm with you on the lyrics. That's my thing too. Like I, I love the, I love the songs that have like the story behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just like, those are the ones that get me. And those are the ones that play in my head is for me, there's more meaning behind them. And usually there's a story too, like a, oh, yeah. a, a like a story that spurred the song. I definitely agree with you. I'm, I'm the same way coming from somebody that likes to write poetry. That was kind of like my, my draw to it too, is I like, just communication, which I guess is why I kind of started my podcast is like, I've always been very much so into like language and speech. And I feel like it's honestly like, I don't think there's a better way to get a story across. And like, when I'm listening to music, it's because I want to relate to it. And so like, 
sometimes I don't even like hear all the beat because I pay attention specifically to like the words they're saying, because you also don't want to be walking around singing a song. That's something that you completely don't agree with also. And that's what a lot of people do because they don't really like hear the words. Like they know the words and they're singing the words, but they don't really like know what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I'm guilty of that. Like when I was a kid of like, there was a song that was popular. And so I was just singing it, not realizing what I was really singing. I just, it sounded fun. I think we're all guilty of that, honestly. Until you like start digging into things like, you know, like some people go their whole life doing that. And it's, I guess, just part of it that maybe they do that on purpose with like mainstream music. So you're promoting a message and idea without even realizing that's what you're doing. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. What, you can change what type your culture of music? with music. Yeah, you can. You can. What type of music do you like listen to? Uh, I'm kind of out there. I have like a weird mix. I'm kind of like whatever I feel like listening to at any particular time. Um, I guess my like main comebacks that I always listen to is reggae uh hip-hop and um i guess like different types of like electronic um so it all yeah it all kind of depends on my mood it kind of ranges too depending on like how i feel that day but i listen to a little bit of everything i listen to like classic rock i listen to like some modern rock um i don't really like any i used to like a lot of like really heavy stuff but now as i've like progressed in my life and the person i am now like I, i don't really like that at all anymore um same with like country i like that at one point i'm not really a big fan of it just because it doesn't like speak to me like that um but for the most part i feel like i kind of bounce around with like hip-hop when i do listen to music um i used to listen to a lot of music and i felt like it got kind of like repetitive i heard the same songs all the time so i haven't really listened to like music music like that like i listen to it for short periods in the car but primarily like if i'm gonna sit down and like do something i usually listen to podcasts now but um say i kind of it's one of those things that I've had so many different phases in my life that I feel different ways trying to like fall into myself and become myself that I got into all these different forms of music in the process. So now I've come to a point in my life where I feel like I'm just like a mix of all these different ideas that I liked and appreciated, you know? So it's like my music range, my play stuff is really weird. Like my style is kind of different and weird. Like I have locks and then I wear like sweatpants and like podcast t-shirts and stuff. Like it's kind of like everything I've been into all kind of comes into like who I am now, you know? No, I love that. Yeah. And I, I go through phases where I'll listen to music for a really long time. And then I'll just be like, I don't really need to. And then like you said, if you want that noise or you want to hear something, you put on a podcast and there's very rarely will actually listen to music now. Um, <clears throat> it just, I typically have a podcast playing in the background just cause that's, I feel like I get more out of it. I feel like that's part of the game though, is that once you kind of get into this community, you kind of like stray away from music. Cause I feel like most podcasters that I've talked to, um, obviously everybody listens to music here and there, but primarily I feel like most podcasters listen to audiobooks and podcasts and like lectures. And again, just like learning stuff, like making time out of the time that you have, especially like while you're at work and you're doing like tedious tasks. It's like, rather than listening to the same music over and over again, like I was going back to like learn something new every day, listen to a podcast, listen to a lecture. Even if you don't do it all day, just listen to like one, if it's something short, like at least you learn something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that learning, learning something every day, whether it's a new quote that inspires you or, you know, how, how to weld something. I don't know. Like those are two wildly different things, but I think that's the point. <laughs> Even learning like little random fun facts, you know, like it's still yeah. something and it's entertaining, you know, it gives your brain like a little spark of like something to look forward to because at the end of the day, I mean, the human mind wants to explore and it wants to learn. 
And if you're not feeding it what it wants, it's just going to become very, very depressed in its own state. Like that's, that's what the human brain craves is new, new ideas and new things coming in frequently. Yeah. It makes me wonder, and this is going to sound like a tangent, but hear, hear me out for a second. So older people, they tend to become isolated, at least in our community or in our, in our society, like in America, they tend to become isolated. They tend to live by themselves. Um, and then people don't talk to them as much because they feel like they don't have anything to offer. And so it makes me wonder if that's why part of the reason the elderly, their mind seems to decline is that there isn't that new information anymore because people don't want to talk to them. And that's really sad. I mean, you, you hear it all the time too. Like a lot of people that retire say when you slow down, that's when you start dying. Cause you'll see like people that are, you know, like, I don't even know what I'd consider like old anymore because times change, but like you'll see two people that are the same age and one of them will be like reading books, learning new things, um, very educated, intelligent type person. And then the other person's almost like, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it, like a, like a, like a baby again, almost. And, uh, it's all about like keeping yourself sharp and don't let yourself slow down because realistically, like your body and your mind, it's all muscles. And if you don't work those muscles out, they're just going to start losing mass. And especially with your mind, like keep your mind strong because as soon as it starts slipping, like you're not going to get it back to where it used to be. Like that's one thing that you through your whole life, I feel should definitely stay on top of is always keep up with the mental training. Even if it's just like thinking of weird theories, like it's like mental exercise and it just lets your brain do what it's supposed to do rather than just resorting into mush from not being worked out. Yeah, whether it's doing math facts in your head or um, doing thought experiments or anything like that, just trying to spell a really complicated word, like, I don't know, pick something. And that, like, dopamine hit you get from learning something new versus getting, like, a like is completely different, too. Yes. Like, it's way, like, you just feel better in yourself learning something versus just getting, like, a like or something on Facebook, you know? And that's, like, where people get a lot of their dopamine hit from now. So it's, like, we've strayed away from, like, learning in society because people are getting their like satisfaction in other ways, but not realizing that it's not like everlasting satisfaction. It's more just like an instant thing. And then it's gone. Like you have to do something that sticks with you and, you know, makes it feel like it was worth it. Cause you know, I could still remember random fun facts I learned a couple of years ago and that's a lot more like, I remember that, but I'm not going to remember somebody that liked a picture or something like that a couple of years ago, you know? no, that and I also feel like our attention spans have become so short that if you do want to learn something, more people are people are more likely to go learn it from a TikTok video that's like less than three minutes long than to actually sit there and you know watch a YouTube video that's two hours long on how to fix something because they want that instant gratification. You know what's funny is you can see a huge split in society just with what you said. That like the way society's going, it seems like people are straying away from mainstream media. And they're doing internet media as their form of entertainment. And there's a clear split in people where there's like the people that like the seven second quick videos. And then there's the other half of people that are sitting here listening to a podcast for two hours. Yeah. So it's like, you can see the difference and it's, it's extremely drastic that it goes from like a two hour period to like a seven second period. And that's people's attention spans. And that just shows work out your, uh, your mind muscle and you'll, not need that seven second boom 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 you will be able to sit down and appreciate getting like deep into a conversation rather than just barely scratching the surface well and i feel like the people who listen to podcasts too are more likely to sit down and have a conversation a real conversation and not 
a superficial one about celebrities or uh, what's the current thing in the news or things like that. Because to have these types of conversations, I feel like you have to have a, you can't always have that instant gratification because the journey that we go down to get to all these different topics is very long and winding and sometimes very weird, but it's fun to see that progression, which you do, you can't do in a seven second video. And you lose track of time when you're doing conversations like this too. Yeah. Like you don't realize that, Oh, you're like, wow, damn, I'm two hours deep now. <laughs> And it's like, you never get to experience that if it was any other way. And like, they're definitely trying to shift people because obviously it's been like a a massive shift where you don't want the population to be smart and intelligent. You want them to be distracted by little shiny objects. And uh, like, yeah, you're also seeing a huge split in society going in that direction. Also that half the brainwashing is working and the other half is not. And everybody's rejecting it and going completely the opposite way. Yeah. Look for the people who are buying physical books. They're your friends. (laughs) I got a bookshelf full, actually. That's like my one thing that I'm always very particular about is I don't like digital downloads for books or digital copies of books because everything on the internet can be changed. I want like a solid hard copy of something because then information can't be changed in it because I don't trust the internet because it's very easy to manipulate and change a whole narrative on the internet. Oh, 100% agree. There are times... Like I have a couple of resources where I can like get the free downloads if I need it or, you know, the book's not going to be here soon enough or whatever that is, but I still want that physical copy. Like I don't, I would much rather go to a physical recipe book or a physical um, herbal encyclopedia than try to Google it. Yeah, that's me too. Like I'd rather buy a book about a subject I want to learn about than like, like a video is one thing. It's definitely entertaining, but yeah, like. I definitely would rather read like a solid book about something than like a bunch of internet articles about something because it's just easier on the eyes on top of that. And it just feels more tangible to be able to hold some information in your hand and you just comprehend it a totally different way. Cause I feel like when you're looking at text on the screen versus in a page, like your brain is kind of fucked up at the fact that it's staring at a bunch of lights. So I feel like you don't like retain the information the same as if you're just looking at an actual piece of paper with text on it. If I try to read something super long, online i i just i give up and print it out because it's like i can see i don't know if this is gonna make sense like the little led lines like i can see the lines mm-hmm. in the screen and it's super distracting and not like the lines of text but like the light lines i guess uh, and i can't i i just I, I lose focus and i just i go fuck it i have to print this when i have a uh, pdf books instead of reading them on like my phone i put them through like speechify so i can listen to them as like an audiobook because it just drives my eyes crazy to like stare at something on a screen. And again, I feel like I don't focus the same. Yeah. I don't focus the same either. Like, and I have a Kindle. I thought I was going to like, at least enjoy it for like longer rides, you know, being hit, able to have the option of different books. And I have used it for like maybe two hours total. I've had it for like three years. Um, I just, I can't focus on that screen. I feel like that's one of those things that it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's like, nothing's ever going to compare to just like a book and they're going to try to advance technology to make things like that. But there's always still going to be a big handful of people that just want a solid book. It's kind of like vinyl records too. Like no matter how far music advancement goes, there's still always gonna be that group of people that just want to take it back to the, to the original and just have it on like a hard solid copy of it, you know? Yeah. And think of how many like dystopian movies, there's a physical book involved that that ends up being, I want to say like the savior of humanity, but like the one that comes to mind um, is the book of Eli. 
mm-hmm. you know, he had that Bible in Braille that he uh, transported. And I don't know if I'm supposed to give spoiler alerts. I don't know the podcast etiquette here, but the movie's See, been, it's out, been out for a, while. For a really long time. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, you know, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, sorry, not sorry. Um, but like that comes to mind. And there's other things too that that ends up being like the savior is it's in a book because it can't be edited. <clears throat> it can't be edited, you know? Yeah. That, that that's, that's what it comes down. It, and e- even just like everything in the world that it's going to today with the whole like Klaus Schwab idea of like, you'll be happy, you know, nothing. Like if you're getting into like digital books, like so be it. But again, like m- maintain, like if there's something that you find very important, like get a hard solid copy of it. Because you never know what could happen. You never know what might happen with the future. Um, And even just looking at it from like a less post-apocalyptic standpoint, like I I had a bunch of games on my Xbox 360. Xbox One came out and now the server shut down and I can't play any of those games anymore. Where if I would have bought a solid hard copy game of it, you know, the system may not be going like the servers, but I'd still be able to like play the game. So that that's the other difference that people don't think about is that if you want to be able to go back on things for the sake of nostalgia, if it's all digital, you may not be able to do that. So get a hard copy so that, again, you have something that you can go back on when you want to reminisce on it. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was in like middle school and high school, iTunes was really big. And so with iTunes gift cards and like allowances and shit like that, like I purchased a ton of music on iTunes. And it's just, it's stuck on there because I can't, figure out how to get it from apple and i don't have an ipod anymore and i don't have an apple phone and so it's just it's stuck on there isn't it crazy how that technology changed where people used to pay a dollar for a song and now it's like you pay 15 a month and you just get unlimited everything for everything new music yeah. like mp3 players and ipods were a trend that came and went real fucking quick and digital yep. phones or digital uh, cameras because everything's all intact on your phone now yep it's like you'll never see another mp3 player again <laughs> Nope. Nope. But it was, I almost missed them because there wasn't that distraction on them. There wasn't that, okay, I have music playing in the background and here, let me open Instagram here. Let me text this friend. Oh, I have someone calling and they're interrupt. Like, I, almost I think that's like- my main thing is when people interrupt when I'm listening to something that drives me fucking crazy. People texting me or something like that. And I'm trying to listen to something. And it's just like, they don't have it set up where it like pauses it and then continues it unless it's like an audiobook. like most music apps or podcast apps. It'll just like dim it down and then come back up and you'll have to like bring it back. If it's a podcast, you know what the fuck they said. So it's like, God damn it. Like I didn't care that I got a text message. I felt the vibration. You have to say it on the headphones or dip down the headphones. I mean, in all honesty, my phone is typically on do not disturb because if you're calling me, there's like a very short list that can actually get through and make my phone ring. Other than that, my phone's on silent and I'll get to you when I get to you. See, like my phone, <laughs> I have to have it readily available for work. So I'm kind of like stuck with it because that's how everybody communicates at my work with each other is through calling each other because we had walkie talkies, but we work in really loud rooms and you can't hear shit. So it just always resorts back to phones. So it's like, I have my headphones in, listen to my podcast. People call me. I do it through my headphones. It's like, it's a necessity for work, but at the same time, it drives me a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, that would drive me crazy. But that being said, if it's any of my podcast community friends that are texting me or messaging me, that does not annoy me. It just annoys me when I'm trying to listen to a song and somebody's asking me a dumb question about work that I don't really care to answer. <laughs> you yeah, know, if we like you, you can totally call in Texas. If we don't like you, just please don't. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's <laughs> the best way to describe it. <laughs> if it's about work, you can figure it out yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I loved the progression of this conversation. I loved where it went. Uh, thank you for coming on. Where can people find you? Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, if anybody wants to come and find me, um, Increase of Our Reality, uh, you can find it across pretty much most platforms that you'd find podcasts on. So Spotify, Amazon, um, iTunes, uh, all that fun stuff. And then uh, if you're trying to find me, uh, you want to go to my Instagram, uh, come like my page. Um, if you want to have a conversation on there, uh, I do have a little bit of like a merch store set up for my show and for Big Dumb Inquiries with Kyle. Um, I make it quick and easy, put it all under one link. I use Linktree. So it's uh, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Inquiries of Our Reality Podcast. Nice. And yes, I will make sure to have all those in the show notes. So y'all can go click it down there. And I wanted to thank you again, Shane, for coming on. And I hope y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day.